My niece breaks my daughter's hand and ruins her boxing career, so I'm going to destroy her life. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. My parents are going away for Christmas, so before they did, they hosted an early Christmas party at their home, which my whole family went to, including me, my husband, and our 16-year-old daughter, Laura. My sister and her daughter, Rachel, were there too. She's a year older than Laura, and they don't get along. In fact, we try to avoid them as much as possible due to the amount of times that Rachel has upset and tormented Laura. Rachel is naturally very smart and is always top of her class, and is also very pretty. While I've always been happy for her and wished her the best, these things have constantly been used to excuse her. My sister even went as far as to accuse Laura of lying because she's jealous of Rachel's looks and talents. Laura took up boxing last year and has progressed really well. She's going to compete at a higher level next year, and her coach is extremely proud of her. My sister has insisted that the boxing is nothing more than a phase, and has gone out of her way to downplay it in favor of her daughter's academic stuff. At my parents' place, Laura went to sort out some presents under the tree, and Rachel followed her. She was wearing stiletto high heels, and when Laura had her hand on the floor, Rachel stamped on it. She was in agony. We went to the hospital, and after a follow-up visit to the doctor today, Laura needs extensive physio and won't be able to box for an indefinite period. She's in floods of tears because of this. I was raging at my sister, who's so deluded that she insists that it was an accident. I'm sorry, but after years of calling Laura ugly, stupid, fat, and anything else she could think of, do you really expect me to believe that this was an innocent mistake? Rachel, for her part, put on the crocodile tears for everyone, and only her parents believed it. My husband wants to tell the police, and so do I. I warned my sister about this, and she broke down crying too, saying that her daughter's teachers have encouraged her to apply to the top universities because they think she has a good chance of getting in, and if she ends up with a criminal record, then that'll be ruined. No sympathy from me. Frankly, Rachel took something that my daughter loves away from her and left her in huge amounts of pain. She shouldn't just have her chances ruined. She should get locked up. I know it sounds awful of me, but she did an awful thing and needs to face the consequences. Laura is utterly heartbroken and Rachel's parents won't punish her. Am I the jerk for thinking she should be held accountable? Yikes, that's pretty extreme. It's one thing to bully or call someone names or whatever. Obviously, that's not acceptable either, but this is just escalating to a whole new level. While I do think the mama bear reaction is kicking in here and wanting to take it to such an extreme in return of reporting her to the police, I do think some acknowledgement needs to be made of what Rachel did here. I would hate to see her life ruined, but she definitely needs to have her attitude checked. You can submit your own stories to be featured here on the channel. The story submission link is in the description below. And if you want to listen to some Vibe music in the background, check out Easy Mode, also linked below. And don't forget to subscribe. American Jerk doesn't understand what Celsius means and almost ends up cooking himself alive. So this was a few years ago when me and my wife, both Mancunian, were doing a mini world tour as part of our honeymoon. We were in Iceland and had been really disappointed to find out that the Blue Lagoon is man-made 
and is basically just a large outdoor swimming pool of water run off from a geothermal plant. So after some light googling, found a place about an hour and a half drive from Reykjavik called the Secret Lagoon. The place is amazing, and exactly what I expected from a natural hot spring. Basically a large pond pouring with steam, a river running next to it also pouring with steam, and then a load of smaller bubbling pools of water and mini geysers that would blast water into the air every 10 minutes or so. The place is on somebody's land, and they've built a changing rooms and shower area and charge about 12 pounds to get in. Between the pond and the river, there's a roped off area of small deep pools that has a sign saying, warning, water is over 90 degrees, do not enter at your own risk. Which is probably a bad translation of no entry, we accept no liability. Anyway, me and my wife were leaning against the side of the pond closest to this and notice a guy wander up, read the sign, then step over the rope. As he's walking up to one of the pools, the lifeguard is running over, shouting, Stop! Stop! You can't go in there! Then, American Accent replies, Whatever, buddy, I can do what I want. By this time, the lifeguard has reached him and tries to explain to him that the water's between 90 and 110 degrees, and that he walked right past a do-not-enter sign. To which the American responds, No, it says enter at my own risk, so I am. And it's not very risky. It's hotter than 90 degrees in Nevada every day. This utterly perplexes the lifeguard, who has absolutely no idea what the heck the American's talking about. So I shout over, Oi, mate, it's Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Now the American looks confused and says, I don't know what that is, but I'm going in. For reference, 90 to 100 degrees Celsius is 194 to 230 degrees Fahrenheit. Then follows about five more minutes of arguing between the American and the lifeguard before the American obviously thinks, screw this, takes two steps further towards the pool and goes to put his foot in. Fortunately for him, but unfortunately for Darwinism, he only manages to dip a toe before screaming in pain, hopping back to the changing room in a huff. Lifeguard sighs and goes back to his chair. What a jerk. Ugh, this one's just frustrating to listen to. You're trying to explain to the guy for his own good what's wrong with what he's trying to do. But in his arrogance, he just refuses to listen. Like, buddy, we're really trying to help you out here. If you just take a second to get your head out of your butt, you might want to listen. The area is roped off and it says do not enter. The lifeguard is immediately jumping on you and saying, hey, you don't want to go in there. Maybe you should take some of these cues. Jerk kid thinks it's funny to prank a crisis hotline, so we learn everything about him. I work for a national crisis line that focuses on a very specific demographic of people. Anyways, I have some really great co-workers. I would say we have a very colorful group from all walks of life. The specific co-worker in this tale is awesome. She happens to be my deskmate. This is her first job out of college in social and health services, and her past work includes a round of deployments in the army. This is relevant because she can come off a little strong, and when dealing with people in crisis, can catch you off guard. We're always trained to meet the caller where they are. Vocabulary, tone of voice, things like that. All of this is heard from one desk over in a smaller call center environment. We'll call coworker E and call her jerk. At the start of this call, I'm not paying much attention. You hear E answer the phone. Thank you for calling Crisis Line. This is E. How can I help you? At this point, I hear some very loud screams coming from her headset and a panicked look on her face. 
E starts to reflect back on some of the things Jerk is saying. Uh, it hurts so bad. I can't stop the bleeding. I just want to die. E at this point has jumped into locating the caller's phone number and running it to find a location to send 911. By this time, it's not just me who started following the call, but other co-workers and supervisors. The call goes on for a few more minutes. We get a location and E informs the caller we're going to send EMTs to his location and ask what does he see around him. I think that must have been an oh crap moment because the caller disconnected the call. E jumps back on the phone and calls back. The kid answers and is laughing that this was all a joke and he's fine, and then swears at her and hangs up. This is when E stands up and officially names him Jerk loudly and can be heard across the office. These calls happen frequently, some not so elaborate, but this time E isn't having it. She's ticked. This kid thinks he can just call up, spew some crap, and hang up. After doing some digging, she finds this kid's Facebook. She now knows his friends who he's hanging out with at that moment because they just tagged him in a post, the school he goes to, his dog's name, and his parents' info along with a lot of other info. He takes a deep breath and calls Jerk back. He answers the phone. What the heck do you want? What the heck do you think I want, kid's name? You just told me you were going to hurt yourself. You were hurting so bad and couldn't stop the bleeding. Do you think friend's name who just tagged you in a post would think it's cool to prank a crisis hotline? Or what about how parents' names would feel to know that their son is taking up someone's time that should be saving someone's life, but instead is dealing with you prank calling her? E went on to talk about his school and about how she was so worried about him that 911 was on their way. And, oh wait, is that sirens I hear in the background? Now, I don't know if there were really sirens, but that stupid little kid sucked up into a babbling little crybaby and cried about how sorry he was. E went home feeling very sure that Jerk won't be pranking our crisis line anytime soon. Needless to say, these lines are here to help people who need help. And if there's a chance you're pranking a line, you're stopping someone who might really need their life saved from getting through. Also, just because it says confidential does not mean anonymous. I wish jerk prankers realized the amount of personal information they leave behind just in a call. Our original poster summed this up nicely in their conclusion. Prank calls in general are just really juvenile, but to do it to a line like this is actually detrimental. You're taking away resources that are there to help save lives. The fact that you think it's funny to call in and pretend that you need help and take up those resources shows what a little jerk you really are. I think our original poster might have gotten through to him though, at least scared him out of any further prank calls. Maybe he'll still continue to be a little jerk, but hey, at least that's one thing down. Entitled mother tries to cut in front of me at the grocery line saying she's in a hurry, neglecting to mention that she left her kid locked in the car and it's boiling hot outside. One need-to-know detail for this story, it was very hot. It was 35 degrees Celsius, but it felt like 44. For those of you who don't know, 35 degrees Celsius is around 95 degrees Fahrenheit. It's an important detail for later. So I was standing in line at the checkout at my local supermarket. I think I had in total about 10 items, some frozen goods, drinks, and snacks. I usually tend to take out one of the buds of my phone, so in case someone addresses me, I hear it. At this time, the woman at the cash register was taking care of the payment of one client and there was one person in front of me. And then suddenly, she 
appeared. The entitled mother of this story. Now, honestly, she didn't look it. She didn't give off a mean vibe or anything. Even the way she started talking to me was overall nice and polite at first. Excuse me, do you mind if I skip ahead? I'm in a hurry. Now, in general, if somebody politely asks me to do this and I don't have any urgent business of my own, I usually don't mind. This time, however, I didn't have that many groceries, so her delay would be at most a few minutes, while she was pushing a fully loaded shopping cart in front of her. So if I would have let her skip, I'd probably be in the store for another 10 to 20 minutes. So I politely decline and tell her I'll hurry as much as I can. Of course, this was a great offense. I'd not given this woman her entitlement. She blew up instantly, yelling and screaming at me that she was in a hurry, and, not kidding here, had to be home in time for her shows. Now, at this time, I'd like to point out that during this rant, she only said she had to be home in time for shows, and that they were very important to her. There was nothing else making this urgent for her. This is also important a bit later. Now, while this woman was going off, the person at the cash register went into ignore mode and just started scanning my groceries, which I loaded into a bag while the entitled mother was going on about how I was garbage and they should ban me from the store. Now, this should have been the end of it. Just turn around and go home and forget this happened. But then she said something that, one, made me almost want to kill her, and two, made this a postable story. While I was walking away, just about to put the earbud back in, she yells, If you pass by my car, tell my son he's the reason he has to wait another half hour for me. Now, I'm not an extremely smart person, but in this moment, my brain made some connections quickly. What I realized was this. One, again, it was very hot outside. Two, this woman had been in the store for a while, judging by the amount of groceries. Three, the entire parking lot of this store had almost no shade. Four, it was just about 2 p.m., so the sun was just over its peak. I rush outside and started running past cars, scanning them for kids inside. Thankfully, one of the first cars I pass is a small child laying in the back seat. This kid is pale as a ghost, sweating like crazy, and it looked like he was only half conscious. I run back inside, and to my utter astonishment, this jerk is having a conversation with the cashier while she's checking out her groceries. I grab her by the shoulders, spin her around, and almost yell straight to her face that her kid is literally dying in her car. And if she doesn't do something right now, I'm gonna smash her windows and call the cops. At first, she looked at me in complete confusion. Probably had never been spoken to like that before in her life. Then the realization of what I told her sunk in, and she rushed outside. While she went outside, a man tapped me on the shoulder and asked what had happened. I explained the situation, actually leaving out the bit at the cash register, just saying I saw the kid in the car and knew that this woman was probably the owner. He went outside, and when I came outside, the entitled mother suddenly rushed me and got in my face, saying that I was the reason she was in the store for so long, and her son's current condition was my fault. Before I can even respond, the man that approached me earlier speaks up. Turns out this man was an off-duty cop, and had been in the store for a while, and as such, knew that the actual delay caused by me could not have caused this. He also said he'd already called an ambulance for the kid and the cops for her. I don't know what happened to the entitled mother, but she completely crashed. She just sat down on the pavement and started shaking her head, not saying much except for the occasional sob or not my fault. 
As for the ending, everything turned out okay for most parties. I stayed a while to give a statement to the cops and my contact info in case it went to court. The kid was okay afterwards, and since his mom got arrested, they called his dad or some other male family member to accompany him to the hospital. As for the entitled mother, I'm assuming she's going to have to stand trial for child endangerment. Not sure if she'll just get a fine or jail time. Update, I was contacted by the police a few days ago. I went to the station where they went over my statement and asked if I wanted to add or amend anything I said which I didn't. They couldn't really tell me directly what was going to happen with the mother or the family in general, but said that the standard punishment when the child's not seriously hurt or dead is usually a municipal administrative sanction. I think it's kind of sad something bad has to happen before serious punishment is handed out. I don't know what the amount of the fine will be, but as for me, it couldn't be high enough. I've not seen any of those people in the store or in the area in general, and I also don't know if they live near here or were just passing by the store by coincidence, or maybe they're just avoiding the store. That's also possible. I know a lot of you probably hoped for something worse for the mother, but sadly, life is not fair. But at least the child lived, and let's hope the mother learned a lesson. I don't understand how people keep making this mistake. It's parenting 101. You don't leave the kid in the car, regardless of what temperature it is, regardless of how long you think you're going to be. You just don't do it. I get that it can be a pain to try and drag them around the store while they're busy being kids. But you know what? It's a heck of a lot better than the alternative. This could have ended so much worse. And the saddest part is, this woman only cared about getting back in time to watch her shows. She was completely ignorant of what she was putting her child through. My neighbor stole my parking spot after I had just shoveled it out. So I completely covered his car in ice. It was a cold winter day. Eight inches of snow had fallen the night before, and the wind chill made it feel as though it were in the negatives, Fahrenheit. I drive an all-wheel drive SUV, so I have no issues getting out. My wife, on the other hand, drives a Prius, which slides with the smallest amount of moisture on the road. My car was down at the time, so we had to take my wife's car. I spent 45 minutes in the freezing cold shoveling that car out so we could get to the store. We were gone for one hour, and when we came back, our neighbor had taken in the spot I'd shoveled. Our apartment complex doesn't have assigned parking, but in the winter, it's understood that if you shovel a spot, it's yours. So when I saw his car in the spot I had just shoveled, I was pretty ticked. I went inside and filled two gallon jugs of water, went back outside and poured them on his windshield. Rinse and repeat. I must have poured about 10 gallons of water on his car. Being how cold it was, it was already freezing by the time I poured the last gallon on. It sat like that overnight. The next morning, I got to watch as he helplessly tried to scrape all these layers of ice off his windshield. Don't take my parking spot, jerk. This is pretty petty, I gotta say. I mean, I get that there's a shared etiquette, but I feel like it falls more to the building to just assign parking spots. It would avoid things like this happening in the future. The last thing they want is tenants getting into confrontations. Sure, this time it was just some water on the windshield. Not that big a deal. All he did was waste 5 to 10 minutes of this guy's time. But if our original poster had felt like being a little bit more of a jerk, they could have really messed up this guy's car. Or gone and knocked on his door and started a fight or something. I feel like just assigning parking solves a lot of these problems. I want to go on vacation with my friends, not babysit my niece. 
To start things off, I, male 29, and three of my friends booked us a weekend trip Friday to Sunday a few weeks ago. It's my first time off since the beginning of May. To say I'm thrilled is an understatement. We plan to party all night and chill at the pool by day. I also told my brother, 43, and my sister-in-law, 39, a few weeks ago that I was really excited to stay in this specific hotel since it's on the pricier end. Yesterday, my brother contacted me that they'll be staying in the same hotel with my niece, four, at the same time as me. In the message, he wrote me that they're also really excited that I can help with my niece since I'm also there, and they can relax in the meantime. And according to them, I have nothing better to do. Don't get me wrong, I love my niece to pieces, but I really want to enjoy this weekend and not have any responsibility for anyone besides myself. I want to relax, drink, and have fun with my friends. They're staying in the same hotel, so I can't avoid them even if I wanted to. The vacation is not refundable. I'm either stuck with babysitting since her parents are really pushy and I'm the worst at setting boundaries, or my family will think that I hate my niece. I'm really frustrated. Am I the jerk if I tell them I don't want to spend time with them? They're really kind of forcing themselves on you here. You've had this planned for a while, and then all of a sudden they drop in and say they're coming too, and that you'll be responsible for the kid while they slack off on the vacation you're supposed to be there having? Uh, no. I don't blame you for having a problem with that. That's incredibly forward of them to assume. If you really wanted to compromise, you could say something like they go the following weekend and you'll look after your niece while they're gone. But you're not going to forfeit the plans you've made just because they thought they could shoehorn their way in. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. Or if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot. Everything's linked in the description.